Welcome to Blood Moon Milk. This episode is all about the full moon, lunar eclipse, and Aquarius. And the song you hear behind me now is The Age of Aquarius by Fifth Dimension. Blood Moon Milk. Everybody knows that song. <laughs> We're not going to play that song, but you can go listen to it on your own time. This is, it's a great song, but... I love this song. Uh, but we're going to listen to something else. It's too predictable. We need to get more weird. Yeah, because this is all about Aquarius, which is super forward thinking, and everything that they're about is next level shit. Mm-hmm. So, the actual song you're going to hear behind me now is... For real this time is Saint Sister off the album Madrid. The song is Blood Moon because this is Blood Moon Milk. This is our first episode with an actual blood moon. <laughs> Can the evil lie in that? You are always doing that, doing that. You are always doing that. And so.
Welcome back. We're your fabulous hosts, Aurora and Ariana. This is an Atlanta-based podcast all about the moon, astrology, tarot, esoteric studies, and all things woo. Thanks for hanging out. So this is a very special episode for us because it's pretty much like our namesake (laughs) episode in some ways because it is a full blood moon and we are both... Aquarius rising. Mm-hmm. So we have Aquarius in our charts very strongly and feel really connected to this. So I hope you stick around. Also, this is a two-parter episode. We've got an interview with Mike German, who is a local Atlanta um, kind of a cult artist, and he's really cool and we've got cool stuff to talk about. And that'll be in the second part of the episode that drops at the same time as this on Thursday, July 26th. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. So this full moon is a blood moon, like we said, and it's an Aquarius, but we just want to talk about the blood moon aspect of it first because it's so rare. Um, Basically, a blood moon is what happens when there is a lunar eclipse. Um, And so if you listen to our last episode, you know there was a a solar eclipse that happened um, during the time of the new moon in Cancer. And eclipses always come in pairs, but this is specifically special because this eclipse series comes in a, in a triad. So this is the middle eclipse. There's going to be another one next month. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes things super extra juicy and powerful. Um, but the, the term blood moon comes from the reddish hue that the eclipse takes because of the Earth's atmosphere And the sunlight that passes through the atmosphere becomes reflected on the moon. Um, Superstitious people used to think that blood moons actually caused misfortune and likened a lot of chaos and um, bad luck. They thought it was they thought it was a a sign of evil. Yeah, they. I mean, well, wouldn't you? Like, if you're like a primitive person, you know, and you look up in the sky and you just see this the moon that looks so like peaceful and calm and beautiful normally, and it's just like blood red. Yeah, drenched in blood, especially if you're a man. Like, yeah, mm. or like if you even see. uh, Well, you don't really see it as. I guess you I, you do see the the eclipse the eclipse happening because there's a shadow from the Earth on the full moon. Right. Which yeah. Is, I would I would totally fucking panic. Yeah. Have if, a meltdown. If you were like a primitive person without much historical knowledge of these kinds of things, you would totally just lose your shit. Mm-hmm. So, blood moons are special, um, and. Uh, What's more, this total lunar eclipse is the longest lunar eclipse this century, which means that it's going to be even stronger than any other one you've ever seen. And it's an Aquarius, which is all about the future. The future. And revolution. Yeah, because we need something to happen, guys. <laughs> I think after that new moon in Cancer, we're all, I think we're, we're all licking our wounds oh from the last couple of weeks here at Blood Moon Milk headquarters, but... <laughs> Um, you know, we're, we're putting one foot in front of the other every day. We're just keeping at it keeping at it. Um, but, uh, we've got the podcast to keep us going and we've got a lot of good stuff to share with you. Um, so what is a solar eclipse? A solar eclipse is what happens when the moon passes between the earth and the sun to cast its shadow on our planet. The shadow is actually colorless because the moon has no atmosphere to scatter or refract any sunlight. 
Yeah. I love all this science stuff because I'm like, I know that the sky is blue because air particles reflect blue light. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the reverse kind of happens on the moon. The mm-hmm. sunlight that you see reflected on the surface of the moon is being passed through the filter of Earth's atmosphere. Oh. And because the Earth has so many oxides and yeah. um, like reddish hues mm-hmm. in the atmosphere, that's the color that shows up. On the moon. Well, that's so fucking badass. I love science. Yeah. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, roughly 240,000 miles away at the moon, the the Earth would actually look quite amazing. Kind of like a big lens reflect, refracting that same reddish light towards the moon. And if you were on the surface of the moon during a lunar eclipse, you would see the sun setting and rising behind the Earth according to NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. That's so neat. I love space. I know. I used to want to be an astronomer and also an astrologer, but I really liked astronomy. Uh, I was a, I was really obsessed with uh, Cape Canaveral when I was a kid. I would go watch uh, rocket launches and stuff when I was on vacation in Florida. That's cool. And I saw one of the like shuttles take off one time, which was fucking amazing. <laughs> One of the coolest things I've ever seen. You can't like be that close to it because of how yeah. much heat it generates. Oh, yeah. But it's really fucking amazing. Mm. I think actually it was like a uh, an anniversary today of some like the first yeah, moonwalk. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, so yeah, we're recording this the week before the episode goes live, uh, so we have time to edit it. But. There's lots of cool moon stuff going on all yeah. the time. I think it was Apollo 13 because I remember. Um, That's the one that they. Yeah. Oh, Apollo 13. Yeah, because oh. I'm just like I was thinking, or someone Tom like, Hanks? or no, because someone mentioned all of the uh, the kind of spiritual like corollaries with that, like Apollo and the number 13 and. Yeah, like all that stuff. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's neat. The power of an eclipse is partly determined by how close the luminaries, which is the sun and the moon, are to the lunar nodes. And here, they're really, really close. They're only like about a degree away. Um, So this means there's going to be a super high intensity. And because of that, a lot of potential for really fast fast-paced changes coming through and breakthroughs um, because there's going to be a tight Mars and Uranus square with Mars still in retrograde, by the way. <laughs> so Somehow he's going to push things forward even though he's going backwards. I don't know how he does it, but it's going to happen. Um, Mars is tightly conjunct the Aquarian moon and Uranus is tightly squaring the luminaries. So... This is a great opportunity to take action on whatever comes to mind. So like those intuitive flashes you might have or inspiration. Um, and don't be afraid to act on those things because that's quite possibly what will launch you to the next level mm-hmm. um, and really fully embrace who you feel you are at the core of your being. So with that, this full moon is an Aquarius. It's also called the Buck Moon, and I'm assuming that has something to do with it being a season to hunt deer, or when, or I think it's when, um, like the the baby deer are like now old enough to like they're starting to grow their horns and like 
because the shedding season is in spring and summer, I believe, and now they're able to be hunted. Because I know all of the things like buck moon, flower moon, fish moon, or salmon moon, or whatever the fuck is, has to do with like hunting or seasonal Harvesting yeah. of native um, resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you could Google it. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's that. Um. So this is known as the buck moon. Because the buck's antlers are in full spread. Yes. Um, so Aquarius is the 11th sign of the zodiac, and thusly it rules the 11th house. Um, it's a fixed sign, which gives it the energy of stabilization. And stubbornness. Yes. <laughs> oh, those Tauruses are stubborn. And Leo and Scorpio. Yeah, but those Tauruses are really stubborn. <laughs> uh, I, I have lots of stubborn Tauruses in my life. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, these are the signs that set up a solid foundation because they're fixed. And they're able to take the ideas of the cardinal signs and to start crafting them into something really tangible. They're also, again, pretty stubborn, but they can also be really loyal as well. It's super, super loyal. Um, and they can be a bit obsessive in their passions. We really drive in and wear it, wear it down. What is it? Uh, sort of like in relationships, like we're not going to leave. We're going to like run that train into the ground. That that's kind of my motto. <laughs> anyway, I'll I'm go. the other kind of Aquarius. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a lever. <laughs> well, no, I'm a Leo though, so um, that's why I'm like, yeah. I have all that fixed. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm a. Well, my sun's in Sag, which is mutable, mm-hmm. and if I just see something isn't, yeah, going to work. Mm-hmm. Like, and then Libra's cardinal, so you're like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah. you're like maybe, nah, <laughs> like. Mm, yeah, you want to fight? Fighting is stupid. All right, bye. <laughs> um, so, although Aquarius is represented by the water bear, it's actually an air sign. This comes up so much. Oh, yeah. So, it's the last of the air trigon, which includes Gemini and Libra. So, water here represents the collective consciousness that Aquarians can tap into and then pour out over the earth to its inhabitants, raising their consciousness and unifying humanity. So, it's like the star card. Aquarius is in the domicile or home of a Uranus or Uranus, you know, depending on how <laughs> or, saucy you want to be. Uranus. 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 Yeah, I think that's how it's. The ancient way of saying right, it. Right, right. But we say it now like Uranus mm-hmm. because we're a bunch of children. Mm-hmm. Um, so Uranus is traditionally thought of as the planet of genius, originality, rebellion, essence eccentricity, lightning, revolution, and technology. Beep, boop, beep, boop. Boop, 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 boop. Aliens and robots. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely got the aliens in the house today. Um, Aquarians embody philanthropy, humanitarianism, and I always love to think of Pac Roar. I always think of punk rock and hardcore punk scenes. They're considered the weirdos, the aliens, and I 
they often feel like they don't ever fit in. And, um, you know, like me and my own personal musical like background, I'm, while I am not particularly musical, um, I'm actually half deaf, everybody. So, um, I'm not gifted in the music playing department, but I super, super love music, which Mm is, I think why is still such a big part of this podcast. Right. Um, but I spent a lot of time in my youth at punk rock shows and hardcore shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would have to agree. Like it's a, it's the spirit of a Rebellion? bunch of outsiders finding each other yeah. and recognizing their own weirdness in each other. And because of that feeling like they finally have a place. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, Order leads to chaos. Chaos mm-hmm. leads to order. So, you know, it can't last forever. You just have to appreciate what you have while you have it. True. So, um, this is the idealistic sign that we'll see both 1984 and Utopia universes as realities, being both visionary and inventive, but also due to their co-ruler of Saturn, a little dark and prone to bouts of pessimism. Aquarians can be really grumpy on their own. Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) I've been with an Aquarius for four years, and I'm like, bruh, bruh. Like, when he's down, he's fucking down. So as air signs, they're hella chatty. Um, And the deeper and more abstract, the better. Bring on the E.T. stem cell research robots, cloning, taking over the Earth, or the merits of the Antichrist. Yep, Aquarius fucks with that. And Aquarians go deep and so wide with their imagination and insights, they help the collective to see the possibilities we wouldn't conceive of otherwise. I'm pretty sure that if Jesus is a Pisces, then the Antichrist is an Aquarius. Capricorn. No, that's Satan. Yeah. Not the Antichrist. So the Antichrist is what's going to bring us all into unity and oneness. I'll discuss the religion later. But it's a thing. It's legit. I thought Satan was the Antichrist. No! It is uh, his little... It's In the Bible, it's his puppet. But I also am cool with Satan because Satan is actually... If you really Jupiter. want to get it... No. Saturn. But... Inky. We also have Lucifer, who is actually Venus. Therefore, the goddess. What? The star of Lucifer is the morning star. The morning star is the planet of Venus. And Venus is the goddess. Oh. This is why. I didn't realize that. The last time I actually went to church, I projectile vomited all over a priest, like literally exorcist style. That's cool. I am so high vibrational. I can't (laughs) fucking be in a church without puking violently (laughs) at priest. Um, Like, so, um, I, yeah. So that gets into some of my personal history and upbringing that, Maybe you don't really need to go into right now. I mean, mine had it all shoved down my throat, so I know the Bible like the back of my hand, but... Oh, they wanted to do that, but I was just too rebellious and too vomity to be able to do that. Yeah, I didn't have a choice. Like, my parents were like, you will not live in the house until you have to go to the church once a week. Like, so up until I was about 24, I had to go to church at least once a week, and I went to, like, an intense Baptist church where, like... I I read the Bible multiple times and had it explained to me broken down like well like I went to church like three or four times a week as a kid um, because my mom's social life revolved around going to community college into church Mm -hmm. and God how fucking boring but like uh, sorry mom if you're out there I 
Love you, I guess. I do. I love you. Mm-hmm. Just can't. I don't boundaries. know how to deal with you, but boundaries. I love you. Um, I have fond memories of watching the Yellow Submarine at Clayton State College University on the video machines. They weren't TVs. They were video machines. <laughs> um, but I fucking hated church. And I was in the choir mm. singing church songs, and I'm a terrible singer. Thus, why I never had a music career. <laughs> I'm also real deaf. Can't hold a tune. Um, so again, not a good singer. And she so wanted me to be in, like, the Spivey Hall Children's Choir. Mm. I auditioned. It was <laughs> terrible. I've never been, like, anyway. <laughs> but, like, every time I went to church, I was like, but what about this? What about that? Yes. And they were just like, shh. Don't ask questions. And I was like, you're stupid. Mm-hmm. And I don't God like you. Out. Can I just go outside? I know. God, it was horrible. But I still had to. Um, my mom bribed me to be baptized like twice, wow. like multiple times. And that's how I know I'm kind of a shitty person is because I was bribable with Littlest Pet Shop toys. Dude, dude, my little special was the shoe. <laughs> yeah. I had all I of them. I love me too. Ah, I had this skunk that like smelled like, oh, yeah. I don't know, oh, some yeah. sort of flowers. I fucking love that skunk. Oh, yeah. I had Littlest Pet Shop shit mm-hmm. out the ass. Yes. And it was like, there was one like giant Littlest Pet Shop thing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how much. It was like in hindsight. It was probably like twenty dollars. Right, right. But like in the nineties, twenty dollars was a lot of money. Right, it was. And my mom was like, "Well, I'll buy it for you if you get baptized." Holy shit! I would be in that tub so fast. <laughs> well, it was just it was Methodist, so they just sprinkled some water oh. on you, and then I had to rem- memorize something. Oh, weird. Which you know how I am with memorization. Good. I guess. <laughs> I, I do it subconsciously oh, in my sleep, it. and I wake up and I'm like, and then blah 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 blah. blah. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to my class I just kind of gave the other day at Modern Mystic. If any of you were there, thank you for listening. I definitely woke up in my sleep memorizing that information. So I hope it was good. <laughs> it was good information. You, oh, I wonder if you could, do you have like a PDF or something you could type up to go along with the stuff? Um, I have it all written out. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that could be good. Since you already have, like, the thing out. And, like, for people who oh, didn't yeah. get to come to your class. Oh, yeah. Well, it's on the website. Okay. The, uh, the work... Sheet? The worksheet yeah. and the exercise is on the website, bloodmoonmilk.com, under the apothecary page. It's a free product. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to purchase anything. You can just, um... Look at the image for yeah. free, and then the instructions are in the description mm-hmm. of the product. So we, we've given lots of stuff away for free. Yeah. Which makes me want to say, mm-hmm. if you would like to support us on Patreon, we would really like to have more than one supporter. <laughs> However, um, we would and do need to update it soon because... I have a microphone now. Uh, we have got to tell this story. Um, so, Ariana, if you listen to our last episode, um, we were talking, we were asking people to support us on Patreon, which you, you should still definitely do. Um, however, um, w- the thing that we were saying was, Ariana really needs a microphone because I spit on her, <laughs> and I was upset about. 
being the spitter. Um, it happens. You know, I'm definitely not a perfect person. I'm, I was exaggerating. Well. <laughs> Hell. Someone heard our cries uh, and our plea for a microphone and sent us the exact make and model that we needed. Mm-hmm. And if that isn't the universe answering our questions, our prayers, right. you know, uh, I literally don't know what is. I know. Um, Especially with, like, all the uncertainty around... Everything. Everything. <laughs> right now. I'm just like, I don't even know if I'm going to be in this neighborhood in two months. I know. So w- I think this says says to me that we're doing the right thing, mm-hmm. and we're going to be able to do it from wherever yeah. either one of us goes. Mm-hmm. And while I'm always going to very fondly remember our blanket fort days, <laughs> I will. I know. Um, we can still carry forth the mission from oh it'll happen yeah remote locations and um we're just gonna have to keep moving on Mm -hmm. um so there's been a lot of personal changes in our lives over the last just two weeks um cancer season brings all the feels Mm -hmm. but we are moving into leo yes we are moving into leo but this full moon is an aquarius yeah which means it's gonna happen in leo season Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, okay um we're gonna take a quick music break we're gonna hear the song water bearer by michelle mandico off the album ptarmigan so i hope you enjoy that and keep in mind that the representation of Aquarius is the water bearer. We feel like it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it's talking about humans helping humans, helping humans, helping humans. Yeah, which is uh, one of the big themes of Aquarius is the humanitarian aspect of the, uh, and the consciousness. If you think of that water flowing from their their vessels across the planet as enlightenment, if you will. Yeah, um, no, it's literally enlightenment. Yeah, um, so I hope you guys enjoy it. This is a really chill song. Yeah. Traffic these days is the least of my worries. Rain and fear 
that aligns with Aquarius is the star. We mentioned that earlier. Um, but we can see the water bearer in that card, like in the original Ryder Smith, right, whatever. So it shows a woman, the water bearer, in the card, along with eight-pointed stars in the background, which represent the goddess, and the Egyptian ibis bird of Thoth in a tree behind them. The tree is supposed to be the tree of knowledge of good and evil that you see in the lover's card. So, and he is the guardian of the collective consciousness and the creator of the tarot and the ruler of divination. So Aquarius is all about seeing the signs, bringing in the new age and uniting humanity by showing the currents of life and love that flow through all of us. Aquarians, like the star card, are the bringers of hope. And what we do with that hope is up to us, but Aquarians will carry the vision from the heavens down to the earth. Aquarians can see the wholeness of life, even if they sometimes feel like they don't like individuals or worse, emotions. Oh, emotions are like the plague Ugh. to Aquarians. They see them as so limiting to like them getting their goals and like, how can I save the world if I'm too busy crying over everything? <laughs> or, well, I mean... Or falling in love. Their Achilles heel. I mean... Let's not go into that again. <laughs> it says the Aquarian rising. <laughs> uh, a perfect illustrative example of what that's like in practice. Well, I also feel that way. I definitely feel that falling in love keeps me from my spiritual duty. But I Oh, I'm it. pretty sure that's exactly why I'm meant to be alone forever mm-hmm. is because, oh, I will have all the lovers for sure. However, um... Will I actually be happy in the long-term relationship? Probably not. Also, that's a whole INFJ thing where you either have to be either the martyr or finding your soulmate. And like, you, it's like once you get one, then you want the other. And it's, it's a weird fucking phenomenon. I'll have to... So my grandma and grandpa are like the ideal American couple <laughs> in my mind. Oh. Um, like... Grandma met Grandpa when she was 16. Oh, of course. Because she was bitten by a dog, and she went to the hospital to go get it sewed up, and as she was walking in, she met my Grandpa on the steps to the hospital, and Grandpa's dad owned the hospital. Oh, my God. And then they got married, like, a few, <laughs> like several years later, like, they, wow. like, other things happened, but, like, that is, and then they had three boys. And, wow. Yeah. And a farm, too. In a, right? in a farm, in a hospital, in a bank, and all, all the stuff. But, like, the, to me, I've always felt like, and I'm sure my dad's, like, generation, his him and his brothers probably all felt, like, somehow less than because we never met our Prince Charming or Princess, like, you know, 
or, you know, future meet Mm -hmm. in such a wonderful little meet cute scenario and, and it just worked out for any of us, (laughs) you know, or like, like, I mean, maybe it worked out, but there's, I don't know, the people who were still married seemed to hate each other or their kids hate them or some, something, Mm -hmm. you know, Anyway, now it's just turning into therapy hour for Aurora. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, I bring it out of people. Uh, it's been a rough couple of weeks, guys. It really has. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. back to Aquarius. <laughs> I promise to be so much better soon. Uh, all these planets in retrograde are finally getting to me. Um, Oh, really yeah. looking forward to this fall when I get to travel and <laughs> shit starts going direct. She says as a Sagittarius, this should come as any surprise to anyone. Yeah. I can't wait till I can travel and escape. <laughs> or the planets just go direct and things yeah. start moving forward. Yes. And, uh... Yeah, so emotions, gross. They are yeah. humanitarians, even though they don't like individual people like it's sort of the thing where it's like i love people and then you walk outside and you're like wow fuck everyone no one can drive you're all burdens oh my god can you walk any fucking slower why are there lines everywhere we need another plague yeah oh my god i keep hoping for the rapture (laughs) like i legit kind of hope for the rapture just to get rid of all the shitty people so we can still have the earth and we can heal it and make it better just like aquarians want they prefer (laughs) rational reasoning and cool-headed logic to the messy tapestry of human feelings and we have that issue clearly yeah Oh my god, so bad. <laughs> Humanitarianism for all, except for everyone who sucks. <laughs> right. It's like, we want everyone to be free and individuals unless you're breathing. Stop it. <laughs> like, shitty and you voted for Donald Trump. Like, or, or then. Christian. <laughs> well, you know, there's some good Christians That's out there. True. Like, there, I know a few. Yeah, like, I do too. And, like, there, you know, there's differences. My friend Tiffany is a great, great Christian who's married to an agnostic atheist. Or, and, like, they're the most adorable amazing couple you know my boss at work is actually quite religious and i have to say he's probably the sweetest most like accepting open-minded christian i've ever met well there's a difference between like being a dogmatic christian and being he's also a cancer so he's like super nurturing in a way that's so sweet he's a great boss so he probably embodies being christ-like which is embodying Mm -hmm. your christ consciousness aka your unconditional love source which is really what christianity should be about no i would say like he definitely I don't know I don't know him in a religious sense that well but just like from the outside and my knowledge of him as a person I would say that that's accurate he's he's a really good boss and I certainly feel grateful and blessed to have him as my boss versus other people Um, and I think that's very Aquarian because they're all about that kind of distant but intense unconditional love yeah, yeah. I don't know what his chart looks like, but I, I'd be curious to read it. Right. Um, I, I have a lot to be grateful for because of him. Um, anyway, let's get back down to... Oh, yeah. Humanitarian for all, except for the people who suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the water carrier is represented by the zodiological constellation Aquarius. And Aquarius is actually Ganymede, who is... A beautiful young male who attracted <laughs> homosexual desire and love from Zeus, Ugh. and he is the only uh, 
he's the only uh, male lover of male Zeus. lover of Zeus that's also represented in the moons of Zeus, mm-hmm. aka Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ganymede is actually a moon of Jupiter as well, along with Calypso, Io, and Europa, who are also. I think they just found a new moon too. Oh shit! So there's probably some other. Poor child that was abducted. Right. <laughs> Zeus was a total creep, and Hera was like, fucking stop it. So she put Ganymede in the sky as the constellation Aquarius, and it's associated with that of the eagle, Aquila. So, but also oh. we named a moon after it, which is interesting. Oh, Plato is the one who is just like, nah, this isn't fucking porn. And he, or he's like, it's not like about pedophilia. He was trying to say that Ganymede's name was like a combination of Ganu and Med, which meant taking pleasure in the mind. So, uh, oh, yeah. maybe the the childlike mind of Ganymede was imp- impressive and important to Zeus. It still gives me the heaps, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. So there's a lot of problematic stuff about the ancient Greeks. They were really, really. They considered the highest form of love between two men, which is fucking great. But they also were super into old men and young boys. It was like a rite of passage. It was considered very sacred, and the rape of young boys was not only socially acceptable, but people encouraged like young young boys and young men to have sexual relations with older men, like wise men. Oh. Yeah. That's fucking creepy. Yes. Yeah, so this story was supposedly used to push that agenda. So take what you want <sighs> from that. Gross, guys. Just, just. Yeah, go home with your bartender, not a fucking cupbearer. <laughs> Well, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to find a feminist version of this that's not about pedophilia and is goddess-related. Give me a fucking couple of days, and I will I will yeah. find the correct well, story. We, you know, we're not here to sugarcoat things. Yeah, um, we need to know what shit's problematic. Yeah, you know, nobody's perfect. None of us. Not a single zodiac sign is perfect. We've got all, we've all got shadow parts. Mm-hmm. So the, the light side would be... Uh, intelligence and yeah well it'd be the mind and like if if Zeus was so in love with the mind of Ganymede that really speaks to the mind of Mm -hmm. Aquarius however the other shit's a little creepy too and also Aquarians can be fucking creepy sometimes true they're really weirdly sexual beings and they are totally about okay so the fact that Saturn is a co-ruler of Aquarius Mm -hmm. definitely can indicate like older men in your life. So I'm wondering, like, uh, this is kind of cool how it all connects. I'm in no way, no way okay of pedophilia, BT dubs, Mm -hmm. but obviously not. No, but the admiration or the seeking a relationship with an older male could be something that you could see with Aquarians or have problems with that since we have the rebellious with the Saturn. And according to all the Aquarian men that I've been dating, they have a shit ton of issues with male authority figures. So that makes sense. I've only, okay, I've only dated two Aquarians. When I started dating a girl, after I broke up with him, he lost his shit. Oh, this one. Oh, yeah, they can't stand it when, A, they're not a part of it. Mm -hmm. They're just like, this is my fucking fantasy because they love all things weird and sexual. You Mm -hmm. think Scorpios are sexual? Aquarians want to be that weird fucking sexual. Like, like, I can't tell you how many weird porn things that my boyfriend has fucking showed me over the past fucking four years. If I have to hear Prolapse Party one more time, I'm going (laughs) to lose my mind. (laughs) 
if he's like, can I put a cigarette in your rosebud? <laughs> and then dances away into the another room of the apartment. I don't know what I'm going to do. Motherfucking Aquarians, y'all, you will never be bored, but you are going to have to try a lot of weird sex shit. Yeah, I don't know if I have time for that. I'm very busy with my spiritual work. It's mostly like a mental thing. Like when we went to a... Uh, swingers club it was more like it was just fascinating we didn't even like do anything and we'll probably never go back but it was one of those like curiosities that like he needed to fucking go and be around people who fucked in public and i was like all right but a few years in they're just like i need to experience the world but like not just experience the world like a sagittarius they need to experience the weird parts of the world and especially anything considering their sexuality and humanity, like, he wants to understand, like, all, like, layers and aspects of humanity from, like, the darkest of the dark to the lightest of the light to the weirdest of the weird to, like, he just wants to know everything, wants to see everything, wants to understand and experience everything. This is going to be the longest episode. It's cool. <laughs> I told you, I, Aquarians are my fucking favorite because they're so, so multidimensional. Well, well, I didn't plan on dating an Aquarius. We now. never do. Never. You just like hop on their fucking cock and then you can't get off. And that's pretty much what happens. <laughs> can't get off. That's funny. Hop on cock. You it's can't the, get off. It's the new Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> And then you can't get off. Then you're frustrated. And you're like, why can't I get off? Oh my god, you can't get off. I just ah! <laughs> No, they'll get you off though. So let's talk about crystals. No, say the say it right. Advanced crystal studies with Aurora. Dini ding. <laughs> and I will do the dini ding every time. Okay. <laughs> Advanced crystal studies with Aurora. Ding-ding-ding. <laughs> so we're going to talk about amethyst, but not just any amethyst. We're going to talk about amethyst flowers because, uh, well, amethyst is a birthstone of January and is also heavily related to Aquarius. However, the amethyst flowers, I feel like, are really special kind of almost cutting edge versions of amethyst mm -hmm. that you don't really see much of or hear much about. And that kind of embodies the spirit of the Aquarian energy, even more so than maybe your typical amethyst cathedral, which, or hunk of purple rock, mm -hmm. which can all be really, really cool. But the flowers are actually really unique and really delicate. And, um, I have to say like the energy that they exude is just really, it's almost like, berry wings mm -hmm. when you yeah. look at them or feel them it's just like this really pleasant sort of flutter of high vibrational energy mm -hmm. that kind of comes off these crystalline formations mm -hmm. and um i call mine a little fairy flower stone i'm like hello i'm like fairies yeah no like that one that i just filmed for our instagram i feel mm -hmm. like Really, it almost looks like fairy wings yeah. in the light. It's mm -hmm. so pretty. I don't understand why anybody hasn't scooped that one up yet. So amethyst is a stone for spiritual seekers because it purifies the aura. They're excellent when they're used as prayer beads. Um, this goes for amethyst in general, not just amethyst flowers. Amethyst flowers are particularly great because you can put them... I like to put uh, one in each corner of a room so you can create a vortex with the intersection of the suction of the energy that is created by these stones. Hmm. Um, and what it does is it kind of amplifies the clarification properties of all of the things, of all of the things, of all of the 
all the stones that are like point them towards the center of the room right, yeah. first of all um and then you'll start to create a vortex of pure energy within that room and it's just great for lifting the vibrational energy of a space especially if some place just feels icky <laughs> if it's full of baddies like I, I i use that term a lot for just like low mm-hmm. hanging negative energy and um really just what it means is that shit's not flowing right yeah like baddies or it can be entities or it can just be depression or lingering the absence of love yeah or just like the opposite of light Mm -hmm. and and high vibrational intentional energy but amethyst flowers are really great at kind of kickstarting that um when they're used mindfully so Amethyst is also really good for the third eye and the crown chakras, which again kind of goes to heighten intuitive thought and connect you with ancient wisdom from your higher self. So the other stone I'd like to talk about is garnet. Um, Garnet is really great for grounding and it's super protective as well. Um, And it helps to bring fire and it aids with being melancholy, which is the dark side of Aquarius. Like Aquarius Mm -hmm. can be really bummed out mm-hmm. and when they're bummed out it is a fucking shit storm mm-hmm. so if you've got an Aquarius in your life mm-hmm. and you want to um, soothe their soul a little bit if they're in a bad mood you know maybe a gift of a little garnet could be really helpful or beneficial to that individual um, it's a really powerful balancer for air and and Aquarius is an air sign and it can help with the erratic influences of Uranus so and garnet is the stone of February. Yeah, which is like so. If you look at Aquarius mm-hmm. as being like straddling the two months of mm-hmm. January and February, mm-hmm. um, that makes sense. Yep, as well. Um, so uh, we have a workshop that we're gonna be at. Yeah, <laughs> it's Host, uh, we're hosting another workshop, y'all. Yeah, and so if you're listening to this, it means you're probably not there in the moment um, at the workshop. Um, however, we would like to just tell you a little bit about it because um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be inviting people and in, helping people discover which moon their house is in for them. And then we'll be setting a moon circle with our Lemurian seed quartz and our amethyst flowers, as well as doing some mindfulness and meditation work. And we'll be utilizing our singing bowls and some music. And it's going to be kind of like a live version of the podcast in person. And you get to connect with us. Um, so if you're listening to this the day of, really sorry you can't join us. But I hope you can enjoy this podcast as a consolation prize. And meditate with us here. <laughs> yep. Okay, if I were, I was just thinking, I was like, oh shit, I don't have nutrition. I was like, if I were to say anything, it would be to have like um, omega threes and the, all the flax seeds, like omega three, six, nine, to coat your nerve endings. Because while you're out there champion, champion, championing, while you're out there fucking fighting the good fight as an Aquarian <laughs> um, and standing up for people, um, your nerves will be fucking worn down, and so you need to literally coat them. With uh, fats, yeah, good fatty acids to help cope, coach your nervous system. Like this is a legit thing to do. Yeah, 
Um, so that was intuitive nutrition. Um, <laughs> that came off the top of my head. And it's just been something that's been coming up for me a lot lately. People are talking about their anxiety and what they can do. And I've just been telling everybody, fucking take uh, an omega whatever pill like take it it'll help your brain that's the first step there's another herb that you can drink as a tea but i can't remember what it's called right now but there's something else anything to coat your nerves will literally help your actual nervous system and it will help you deal with your anxiety and the stresses of life a whole lot better welcome to our therapy where we get drunk and bitch about pedophilia and relationships yes and astrology <laughs> and cancer <laughs> fuck cancer bye <laughs> high and low vibrations of Aquarian energy. So the high vibes can start off with um, Aquarian can be really progressive and original and independent thinkers. They're always thinking about humanitarian efforts and fun with friends, helping others, fighting for causes. Um, They love a good intellectual conversation and they can be really good listeners too. So low vibrations, they will run from emotional expression. It's definitely an air sign thing, but I I feel like Aquarians do this super hardcore. They can be pretty temperamental, uh, uncompromising, because they are fixed signs and they can really be set in their ways. Even though they say they're really rebellious, the best way to handle an Aquarius is actually to never tell them that they can't do something, like how we mentioned with the Sagittarians. But do this with uh, Aquarius, too. Don't ever tell them they can't do something. Just kind of make them feel like it was their idea. And this is why they can be pretty loyal, too, because they're way too set in their ways to do too many weird things. They might have a moment, but they'll come back. And they can also be pretty aloof. And that just comes with the whole, like, emotions, avoiding it. And they don't want to be around emotions because if it can be really hard for them to deal with it because they do feel so deeply. They can also be kind of guarded and detached. Uh, Sometimes they can be Mm -hmm. self-destructive. And this sort of comes back to that out-of-touch sort of sense. They are so fixated on the future, they can kind of forget to pay attention to what's going on in the present. Mm -hmm. And as a result, they can have feelings of being alienated or being out of sync with the rest of social circles. Um, So this can also lead to irrational or even desperate thoughts, Mm -hmm. um, which the best way to sort of combat that is to kind of stay grounded. Again, they're earth signs, so working with earthy... Air. air. I thought they were earth signs. No, Aquarius is air. (sighs) Again, they're air signs, so they um, so staying grounded can still be really helpful. Right. It's uh, that's exactly what they need because they're in their head. Yeah, know? yeah, exactly. I knew that being grounded was important. Right. Um, but uh, it's like the FOMO syndrome. That's what I kind of, like. They want to be invited, but they don't actually want to be. They don't actually want to leave their house. Yeah, yeah, they like they can be real homebodies mm-hmm. at times. Um, you know, an Aquarius really likes you if they invite you over. Yes. Um, and if cook you meet for their you. family. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they cook for you, or if they they're just like kind of natural homemakers. They they can be, mm-hmm. um, but they they do that to kind of show off that they also are thinking about the future, and you can mm-hmm. sort of imagine what your future might be like with them. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's all kind of 
well and good, but one other thing that uh, some Aquarians have <laughs> is a little proclivity to be hypochondriatic. Um, yes. I know a couple of Aquarians who just, they're like, oh, they, they get a sniffle or they sneeze once and they're like, oh my God, I'm getting the flu. Mm-hmm. And they just go right home and get into bed and get a cup of soup. And I, I'm like, yeah, it was just dusty in here. <laughs> like, you're fine. But I would never say that to them. I wouldn't want to hurt their feelings, but in my head, I'm like, chill yeah like slow your roll you'll be fine wait a few days till you're actually in the throes of illness yeah or like they'll they'll throw out food that's just hitting the expiration date because they don't want to hit the um they don't want to get food poisoning Mm -hmm. or something like that and And every cut is an infection yeah Um, they're like i have to sanitize and put a band-aid and i'm like if i pick it at one scab ryan will flip out on me he's like are you trying to get infected i'm like oh my god (laughs) like i haven't survived 20 fucking five years before you yeah, it's not like you have sickle cell anemia and like or like a blood clotting disorder where you just can't clot and will bleed out at the, a mosquito bite or something. Um, not that that's funny. That's a problem. It's true, but I'm I don't have those two diseases, so I do pick at scabs so they heal faster and cleaner because I don't like all the weird, gross. I don't like scabs. Uh, yuck. <laughs> um, I do. I know one Aquarius who collects scabs. That is the most Aquarius fucking thing I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. that's so gross. Yeah. I know. When he told me this, I was like, of course you do. Of course you do. Of course you do. I laughed and I was like, of course. Yep. That's kind of weird and funny that, because it's you, mm-hmm. but a little gross. Like, why wouldn't a fucking Aquarius collect scabs? Yeah. Or exactly. eggshells or toenail clippings or... Yeah, no, they definitely have scabs, like scabs in a jar. And mainly I think oh. they're like tattoos that have healed and then they kept the scabby tattoo and put it in a jar. That's so, that's so weird and specific. Yeah. <laughs> Aquarius, yeah. y'all. Weird and specific. But this this person, it like makes total sense for it. And I just laughed. I was like, ah, oh, of course. <laughs> Hilarious. So uh, with with that, let's go ahead and talk about mythology. So Aquarius is one of the oldest recognized constellations of the Zodiac. It was one of the 48 original constellations listed by the astronomer Ptolemy in the second century that we still recognize today. In the Babylonian star catalogs, Aquarius was called the Great One and represented the god A. E? It's spelled E-A, so... Yeah, I don't... I'm not really up on my Babylonian Yeah, and I meant to Google that and be like, how do I pronounce this? And I think I got distracted because I went down an Aquarius rabbit hole where the water bearer was associated with Lucifer and the sign of Venus. And I was like, yes, I knew it. But anyway. Well, anyway, so this main god. Yeah. In the Babylonians' dark catalogs, Aquarius is called the Great One and represents the god A himself and is commonly depicted holding an overflowing vase. A was the ruler of the southernmost quarter in the winter solstice, and Aquarius is also associated with the destructive floods that the Babylonians regularly experienced, so there were some negative associations as well. Similarly, the ancient Egyptians associate Aquarius with the annual flood of the Nile, and it was said Aquarius, putting his jar into the river, heralded the start of spring. So sometimes the constellation could be just the vase from which the water poured, such as in Hindu tradition. It wasn't always like a person pouring it. In Greek mythology, Aquarius gets pretty complicated. So sometimes he's associated with 
Deucalion, the son of Prometheus, who built a ship with his wife Pyra to survive a flood. They sailed for nine days before washing ashore on Mount Parnassus. So this is a common allegory for Parnassus. many, many... Oh. Mount Parnassus. Oh, Mount Parnassus. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... That's the mountain that Noah was supposed to have also yeah. ended up on. Yeah, well, that's Mount Ararat, which is oh. in the Middle East. Yeah, which is why I was about to say, like, that's why it's a common thing, because mm-hmm. there's always, like, a flood for X amount of days, yeah. and then they land on a mount. Yeah. So, no, like, it was cool. Like, you no. already, like, were... I've heard of Mount Parnassus before. I don't... Me neither. I, like, there's that, but it's not from this story. I don't think it's something else. But there's Mount Parnassus. It might just be in the Bible in general. I think it's more Greek mythology, but Parnassus was like something. Yeah, we'll Google that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so they sailed for nine days before washing ashore on Mount Parnassus, which you know it sounds a lot like the story of Noah with washing up on Mount Ararat. Um, so this is a repeated story and culture. So yeah. big floods. Other cultures like to refer to it as the Great Deluge mm-hmm. or something. So, you know, depending on where you're getting your mythology from. Uh, you're going to run into a fucking flood story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of historical evidence of huge floods as mm-hmm. well. So makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Aquarius is often associated also with Ganymede, a beautiful youth who was the cupbearer to Zeus, but also sometimes his lover. And sometimes he had a crush on Hera. I don't know. There's so many different versions of it. The neighboring constellation of, a- of Aquila, the eagle, represents the eagle Zeus sent down to snatch the boy to Mount Olympus, or was Zeus himself transformed because Zeus likes to turn himself into animals and bang people. Yeah, it's a little weird. Bestiality and primitive religion is interesting and yeah. also weird. I get it's creepy. all symbolic, but like... What the fuck is an eagle fucking someone symbolic of? No, I mean, like, okay, like, you know, they all represent, like, the constellations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, and remember in that other episode where we were talking about, I think it was Capricorn, where we talked about how Zeus was a ocean water god? I found that later while I was doing a lot of research on Zeus yesterday because I went down a Wikipedia rabbit hole. Yes, he was originally a water god, and that's why there's lots of water associations. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> so there are many versions of this story, but they're pretty fucking problematic, uh, and they were used in, by classical Greeks such as, you know, Plato and Aristotle to promote homosexual pedophiliatic relationships between older men and young boys. So no, thank you. Um, this could be why Aquarius is associated with both Saturn and Uranus. In our Capricorn episode, we talked about Saturn conquering Uranus in Greek mythology, aka Kronos, the god of the harvest, and time versus Uranus, who is the son of chaos and darkness. Um, this also goes back into Jupiter and Saturn and uh, the idea of the sickle. Mm-hmm. We can also see the birth of Uranus in the Vedics and in the Bible where Yahweh parts the sky and the land to make the atmosphere. People understood that there were parts of the sky and branched off into anthropomorphize them. So Zeus, being Jupiter, is a sky god, but he encompasses weather, clouds, lightning, and thunder. Uh, Uranus is the morning dew and the atmosphere. Saturn is the clockwork that controls them all with his scythe and his rings, or his sickle. He's the father of the zodiac because he spins the wheel in the sky that moves the sun around the houses. Uranus is the chaos and the genius that challenges Saturn. The two of them are an ever 
cycling battle of expansion and contraction. And this can explain why many Aquarians can be considered both type A and equally quirky and out there all at the same time. So Uranus is the planet that rules emotional detachment, unpredictable energy, and rebellion. In mythology, Uranus was the sky god who made it with Gaia, the earth goddess. He hated their children and imprisoned the youngest ones in the earth where they tormented Gaia, or she was just upset because they were her kids. Also in Greek mythology, these were the ones who were considered to be the titans. Yes. And Prometheus was the only titan that didn't fight back, and he gave fire to humans. Yes, go Prometheus. Yay. Another Lucifer. (laughs) (laughs) So Gaia made a flint-bladed sickle and asked her children to castrate Uranus. The youngest, Kronos, a.k.a. Saturn, did. And after that, the sky and the earth became separate, which was another way that Greeks used to explain the separation of the sky from the earth. Yeah, but also... People going to be mad if you castrate them with big, blunt objects, Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess. Yeah. I mean, it's not really blunt. Blunt would be like... What's flint? Flint is... I mean, but it's a sickle, so it's... Yeah. So... I I know. I just imagine it being primitive and not very sharp. Oh, I'm sure he had to saw it a bit. (laughs) (laughs) So the we're going to take a quick music break, and we're going to be hearing the song Hybrid Moments by Helvetia. This is a cover of the Misfits song Hybrid Moments in a completely different, more sort of almost avant-garde way. But also, uh, we like to think that um, since Aquarius is kind of an, a hybrid sign in of itself, being, some could say, being ruled by both Saturn and Uranus, um, it kind of embodies that concept as well. Plus, this song was requested by Mike German, who is our guest this month. Um, and you can listen to his interview uh, in the second part of this episode. <laughs>
let's talk about which chakra you can focus on during your mindfulness meditation for this full moon. Um, the third eye chakra, or the Ajna chakra, as it's called in Sanskrit, is where our personal connection to the collective unconsciousness really kind of centers home for us. Um, just like Uranus is a transpersonal planet that uh, changes zodiac signs every generation or so, or seven years, Uranus also helps us to define the generational boundary that connects us with our peers. Um, like the brow chakra or the third eye chakra, um, or Ajna, um, this is where we get our authentic and unique personality traits because you have that direct source with consciousness and quote, you know, the, the divine, if you will. Um, Uranus actually sits on its side, um, while it makes its journey around the sun, which usually takes about 84 years, making it super eccentric in both an astrological sense, um, as well as in social context. So if you think about the characteristics of Uranus in that sense, it kind of helps to explain the way Aquarius sort of moves through life, being super <laughs> like eccentric and kind of quirky as well and really like forward thinking, kind of ahead of its time, but um, usually it's because it's doing things differently. Looking at things at a weird angle, I would, you know, sort of like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Uranus in philosophy and astrology is considered to be the high-minded thinker. And so this can be considered the higher octave of Virgo and Gemini's ruling planet Mercury. Mm -hmm. The third eye chakra influences the mind to move beyond the mundane. And it really expresses the need of the self from the higher self and energetically charges that connection with the divine if it's uh, aligned properly. Like the root chakra can be rooted in fear when you're striving to survive or really having some sort of foundational struggle in your life, say you lost a job or a spouse or some sort of root foundational issue has come up. Um, the third eye chakra, <laughs> the third eye chakra usually gives one a sense of success that is rooted in love. Um, so these are opposing forces at the ends of the spine. So it's normal for them to get out of balance with each other, but it's really helpful to like, it's really helpful to focus on each chakra as you go through your mindfulness and your meditation. But when you're working with Aquarius this month, it might be extra helpful to focus a little bit more on your third eye. All right. So let's move into questions for mindfulness and meditation in order for you to manifest. Mm. So the themes are going to center on Aquarian themes, which will be change in progress, humanitarian resistance, and revolution. So have I been emotionally distant towards anything? Have I been acting in a way that's alienating to others? What do I need to detach from? What can I let go of and move forward without? How can I do something in a different and new way? Have I been too in my head and not in my heart enough? And more importantly, do I need grounding? Mm. How can I channel more humanitarian efforts to help others? So one thing that you can do to help out your fellow humanitarians and human beings is to leave us a review on, oh, not on Instagram, <laughs> uh, leave us a review on iTunes um, or wherever you listen to this podcast to help other people who you 
might not know, find us if you like us. Um, that's how we get discovered by new listeners. And uh, so far, we've got a lot of really great reviews, but it doesn't hurt to have more. Mm-hmm. So thank you in advance. You can also just put a little star if you just don't feel like <laughs> writing a whole review. But like putting a little star button is quick, easy, you know, rate, review, share, mm-hmm. do the thing. Yeah. And if you really, really like us, you can follow us on Instagram at Blood Moon Milk. Love all the support that we're getting from the community. Like the donated microphone is so needed. We so appreciate it. Uh, we do have a Patreon that you can donate to. Any amount's really good. $5 is good because, you know, like we kind of said in our last one, like it's like a cup of coffee for like a month. It's really nice. Um, but we have it at every level. We give away cool shit when you do it too. You get to pick music. You get shout outs. You get awesome art by the very talented artist uh, Aurora. And I'll give you some tarot readings and shit. And we're going to have lots more cool stuff. And the more support that we get, the more we can keep doing this and the more we can give to you guys. So thank you so much for your listener support, uh, whether it's financial reviews, ratings, showing up, whatever. Or even just telling us you like the podcast. I mean, uh, you know, it's we make this in a blanket fort, mm-hmm. and uh, we kind of can get... I know I can get in my own head about it sometimes, but to just be somewhere and have someone say, hey, I think you're doing a really good job with a podcast really makes my day. Mm-hmm. Um, this project is... Um, so fulfilling to me on so many levels. Um, and the only way it could really get better if it had a little bit more financial momentum behind it so we could keep growing and doing more cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we recognize that this is still very early days for us. I have to remind myself that we've only been doing this for about three and a half months now. Um, and we'd like to think that every episode just gets better and better. And we have to um, be cognizant of... Uh, you know, the, the fact that growth does take time. And as we do this more and more, hopefully we'll um, find more devoted listeners who want to support us. Um, just think of us like your independent esoteric Amazon um, <laughs> or Netflix or something. You know, I mean, I saw something really interesting the other day that said, you know, when some superstar makes a new, like makes new shoes or something, people go drop $400 on it. Uh, when... Um, you know, somebody makes a new perfume, they drop a hundred dollars on it. But when the friends goes in, when their friend goes into business, they're like, Oh, I don't know if that's going to work. And they're not always as supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, but there is a really easy, quick way for you to support us. And that's through Patreon. And you can feel really good every month about, um, putting your money where your mouth is and also allowing us to move forward in a way that is sustainable to where we don't have to advertise to you because, um, Trust me, you don't want to hear another Blue Apron uh, commercial um, or a mattress commercial. Yeah, or just stupid plugs. Like, just, I hate stupid plugs. Oh, and if you have any, like, things that you like about the show, please let us know. Things you don't like about the show, let us know. Like, any feedback would Mm -hmm. be great. We'd like to grow. We want to make this the best experience possible because this shit is for you. So, yeah, give, give us a shout. This is a public service message from the universe. <laughs> and um, we would love to be able to travel and do moon circles uh, in other cities. So if you happen to live somewhere else that's not Atlanta, please feel free to reach out. Um, I noticed that we have a lot of listeners in New York. And we also have a lot of listeners in Finland, randomly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you're in any one of those places and would like to support us <laughs> in another way, just reach out to us and say hey. 
All right, so with that, uh, we're going to wrap up this episode, which is all about Aquarius, and enjoy our last song. (laughs) (laughs) You knew it was going to happen. Damn it! (laughs) That's a good fucking song. It it embodies everything, everything that we stand for here at Blood Moon Motherfucking Milk. And that we talked about today. We said we weren't going to do it, but you know what? We tricked ya! We tricked ya! It's the dawning of the age of Aquarius, my fifth dimension. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Have a great full moon. Hopefully, we'll see some of you at the workshop. Yeah! This is the dawn!